BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good day after Christmas morning, Birds fans. It was an okay present under the tree from your Philadelphia Eagles. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald hanging with you here uh, after all of the celebrating. Uh, hopefully, everybody got their presents that they wanted. Maybe it's been a good meal, depending on when you ate. Yet, Eagle football, 430. And yes, right up until the last play of the game, the game hung in the balance, but it turned out a W, Johnny Mac, and that was the most important thing. Style points would have been nice. Domination would have been nice. A win is a win is a win. And I came away from yesterday's game more more good than bad. How about you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, anytime you get a win in this league, you see Kansas City and San Francisco lose on the same day. Um, yeah, this league is crazy. So anytime you're able to stop the three game losing streak, but you know, it, it, it harkens back to the 10 and one start. It's, um, you know, it's your winning, but no style points, as you mentioned. So, um, yeah, the, the, term misery has been thrown around this team. Um, they keep arguing on the sidelines. Um, there's angst in the locker room. There's long conversations. You know, I, I go all the way back to um, the offseason when we talked about the expectations. And I thought it was going to be a problem. And it's turning out to be a problem. I mean, they're not happy. <laughs> they're not happy. They're never happy. They weren't happy at 10 and 1. Now, that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing, but it tends to be wearing on them. But look, nobody's dominant in this league. The last team got exposed yesterday. We all thought, well, San Fran- who's going to beat San Francisco? Well, Baltimore just handed, just whacked them beyond belief. No- nobody is unbeatable in this league as evidenced by the fact the Eagles are, again, tied for the best record in the NFL. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a great first half, obviously. Um, Brian Dayball finally whacked Tommy DeVito's 15 minutes of fame. I don't know if he took him out to the Pine Barrens and put one, but he's done. Um, And, you know, Tyrod, who knows? Tyrod Taylor's in that game. They might not win the game. Uh, they made a lot of mistakes in the second half. They let them back in the game. The goopy, friendly fire kickoff. Why are you having split kickoff returners? I asked Michael Clay that a couple weeks ago. It's in our package. So what? Stop it. Get out of your package. Yeah. Stop it. Um, and then you have the, the trip from Dallas Goddard going pick six the other way. And all of a sudden, it's a football game and you're struggling for your football life and they managed to I'll tell you that third and 20 Jody that was the play of the game yeah that was the play of the game and you know you're looking you're coming off the the momentum shift and you're saying oh Giants are going to get off the field and um, have a chance to take the lead and that was classic Jalen Hurts just extending the play, extending the play, extending the play, finding A.J. Brown down the field. I think it was a 32-yard rope, basically. Uh, that was, a to me, the play of the game. And they ultimately went on to finish the drive. And Kaylee Ringo, yeah, first NFL interception, um, as you mentioned, desperation heave into the end zone. Got a little bit too close, though. I'll say that. Um, um, so, yeah, uh, any anytime you win in this league, it's a good thing. But it's like the ten and one. It's like the same ten and one team. To win, find a way to win. Style points out the window. Right, but you made a great point there about the expectations wearing on them because they went to the Super Bowl tied with ten seconds ago, came up just short. So coming into the season, expectations were tremendously high and yeah with the three straight losses the expectations started wear on them and are wearing on them and you can tell that there's to use your word angst in the clubhouse 
can they get what you just said? That expectations are what they are, and yeah, not unfair to put them on this team. And, but nobody in this league is unstoppable. Nobody is unbeatable. So you have to continue to compare yourself, not to what you accomplished the year before, but in the moment, in the NFL. Right now, you got the, you're tied for the best record in your conference. You're one game behind the best record in the conference in the AFC. That's not a bad place to be. All right, yeah, they're not blowing people out. Last night's Baltimore win was super impressive, and Eagles might not have a super impressive win on it. Who cares? The standings are the standings. It's the most important thing. Can the coaching staff get this through to the players? Maybe I'm even putting the coaching staff on a level that they shouldn't be at because the coach got paranoid enough to pull the plug on the defensive coordinator last night. Can someone within the organization say, let's all stop? Take a deep breath. We got two winnable games to go. We're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, we, we There's still a possibility that we could get the number one seed if the 49ers stub their toe again. Uh, maybe we win our last two games and we look up and go, oh, my God, who won the most games in the NFC? The Philadelphia Eagles again. Can they get that message through to this group of players? Um, I don't think so. I, I think it's pretty easy. It was my message through the 10 and one start, uh, but they can't seem to get it through. Um, uh, and, and there's two weeks left. So what magic is going to happen in the final two weeks? I mean, they are just, I, 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 I guess if you could spin it in a positive way, they're obsessed with being playing up to the so-called standard and they're always miserable when they don't and they never do but generally find ways to win games except for the the hiccup as we just talked about to me it's i've been talking about it all year compare them to the rest of the, the conference the league as you just did and i'm glad you correct me obviously baltimore has uh a, a leg up on everybody, but they have the tie for the best record in the NFC is what right. I meant to say. Um, yeah, I mean, so you're 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 right now. You're the number two seed. You have a chance at the number one seed. We all thought, hey, the 49ers, Yeah, they get Washington, but they got to play the Rams. The Rams are one of the hottest teams in football. Um, that's not a gimme. You might even get the number one seed. Um, so yeah, I. But I don't see that part of it changing. I mean, to me, it's getting worse. You know, A.J. Brown, A.J. never refuses to talk. You know, when he had some weird sort of clandestine, if if you don't have anything good to say, he was taught not to say it and didn't talk. It's like, what, what the hell is going on with this team? Nick Sirianni's yelling at Jeremiah Washburn on – uh, the sidelines telling Hassan Reddick to get back on the field, go make a play, yelling at him after the, I guess, the personal foul call, um, which is, look, I mean, that's a penalty in the modern NFL, but I can't get that mad at uh, a pass rusher because I don't know what those poor guys have to do. They got a target area like this. Um, so, you know, sometimes you just, I'm not going to yell at the guy for trying to make a play in a big situation. So you can see it from both sides. Nick is pent up yelling at one of his best players. And, 
I'm just guessing because, you know, I'm, I'm guessing Wash told him, look, he's trying to make a play, settle down, you know, stop yelling at him. Um, and then it goes back and forth. It's just weird, Jody. It's weird. And by the way, uh, was that a penalty on the sign Reddick? Yeah. By the way, they're calling things in the NFL. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's right. No. The, the NFL's got so goddamn protective about the the Cowboy game on on Sunday. The two uh, roughing the passer penalties, one on each team. Which of course, Cowboy. Oh my God! How can you call it on uh, Parsons? Well, they had called it previously, which I thought was a really weak. Dak's going down. And he hooks his hand around the guy's helmet and pulls him onto him, and it sucks the referee no. in, and he throws the flag. They do. They bend over backwards. So, yeah, you're right. You can get real mad at your defensive player. Once again, I'll ask more about Josh Sweat than I will about Hassan Reddick. Josh, Josh played yesterday, right? I, I did see his number out there. I don't remember him making any plays. Reddick made several plays over the course of the game, which helped him win the game. So I don't understand that whole thing. Yeah, Reddick's the only one. Not it. As far as pressure goes on the quarterback, Giants defense offensive line is Swiss cheese and the Eagles got limited pressure. Shaq Leonard with a sack. How about Shaq Leonard? Right off the bat, second play of the game, breaking into the backfield just when they needed him most because they're down linebacker. Shaq Leonard all of a sudden learned the defense. Good on him. uh, Good on on the Eagles for uh, snatching him up. Uh, One more question on the attitude of the Eagles. We're hoping to have uh, Jeff Kerr our usual Monday contributor here on Tuesday since there was no Birds 365 yesterday. I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Um, Jeff McClain of the Inquirer, you know him well, um, had a quasi-article that led to something that he said on his podcast that the Eagles may be quest certain Eagles. A source tells him that the Eagles, some Eagles are questioning Jalen Hurts and his method of leadership, that he is just such a narrow focused, uh, non-showing of emotional kind of guy that uh, leads purely by example, isn't going to be Rob Ryan, isn't going to get in everybody's face, um, that uh, that's just his way of doing things, that it might not be working for this group. That's the first time that I've ever heard anybody question Jalen Hurts' leadership because he is, as we say, so focused, so driven that that is supposed to make him a great leader. But uh, McLean pointed out some of the things that aren't in necessarily Jalen's trick bag of leadership. You buying any of that? That, that the way Jalen leads might not be a fit for this group of players that the Eagles have? Um. Not necessarily. I mean, I I think a lot of people took that baton and ran way too far. Um, I don't know how many people listen to Jeff's podcast, but uh, I did. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. As you kind of mentioned, you framed it pretty well. It was um, talking about the style of leadership and you know, maybe with certain guys, me be more present, be more vocal, that kind of stuff. Um, to me, that's natural when you're losing. Remember, that was in the midst of the three-game losing streak. Um, 
you know, winning cures all ills, losing, you know, everybody's pointing fingers. And, and the old adage there is don't point fingers because there's probably three pointing back at you if you start doing that. Um, that just happens. It happens when you start losing. Um, it happened in San Francisco when they had the three-game losing streak. They were talking about the defense, if you remember. What's wrong with the defense? Yeah, Trent's injured. Debo's injured. But what's wrong with the defense? Happens every city. It's not, it's not rare or or unique to Philadelphia. Um, when things are not going well, guys get upset. And the problem is, there's too many guys upset when things are going when they're winning games. Like I said, um, and that was the whole crux of of Jeff's podcast was when they were ten and one, they were miserable. And he's right. That part is a hundred percent right. They're they're like not having any fun. It's the first ten and one team in history, certainly that I've ever covered, and having any fun. They're like so weighed down by those expectations. Um, and they hear it. You heard it yesterday. Um, you know, they they put the game face on, they say we don't listen to outside stuff. There's there's a guy at the Novacare complex saying run the ball, right? There's a guy at the Novacare complex saying fire Sean Desai with, with the poster. And oh, by the way, they didn't fire him, but they demoted him. To my, might as well have. There's 1450 left in the game. Classic Philadelphia. They're chanting, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I don't think they wanted to run it on third and 20. But after they converted, they, they did. After they converted third and twenty, they shoved it right down the giant store. After after they converted, um, yeah, then they got back. You know, because hypocrisy is not a, a big you know problem for hypocrites. But anyway, uh, I digress. And by the way, can I just say, run the ball is not a game plan, people. Uh, you got to come up with something a little more substantive than that. But anyway. Um, they're not having any fun. Jeff Kerr's going to be on. He'll tell you the same thing. I mean, we hit that locker room yesterday after the game and there was Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith having a long conversation about who knows what. Um, he had a long conversation with Jason Kelsey before Jason went in the shower, which is rare about who knows what. Um, they're just not having any fun. And that may come back to Jeff McClain's take that Jalen Hurts' brand of leadership, while it can be effective and surely was last year, like like a good NFL team, John, and we got on Eagles' case this past week when Sirianni said, well, our offense has been our offense for the last three years. That's not a good thing, Coach, in case you haven't figured it out. If it's the same exact thing, that's a bad thing. There has to be ability to adjust. There has to be ability to twinkle. There has to be ability to do something slightly differently. You always stay true to your core values, but you got to be able to do different things over time when other teams are trying to keep you from doing so. Maybe Jalen's got to adjust his leadership skills a little bit because if you're telling me it's the most downtrodden 11-3 and football team you've ever been around before, yeah, that's something that they got to be able to work on over these last two games of the season before the real season, which they all the expectations are tied to that, the playoffs, 
gets underway. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. Mac and Mac Birds 365. After an eagle win. Let me repeat that. After an eagle win yesterday. Well. We're talking about it with uh, you guys. Uh, we're going to get Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports up next here with us on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365 after an Eagle win. Yes, the win. It still didn't put a smile on Jeff Kerr's face. Look at him. He's stoic. He's like the Eagles in the locker room after the game, refusing to smile. Not a happy. All right, there it is. He's getting, he's getting yelled at by all the run the ball people, Jeff Kerr. I uh, see. I see know, offending uh, him. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I'm tired of the run the ball people. If 
I put stats in their face and they just don't want, oh, they gave the ball to the Andre Swift, they score. No. A 32-yard pass is why they were able yeah, to Yeah, that was the, the play football. of the game, by the way. The uh, did you know, did you know, John, I was told this last night, 3.4 times 3 is the first down every time? Okay, so let's just put uh, – by true. these simpletons, John, yes. I'm going to I'm going to be a defensive coordinator and just put an eye in the box since that's what they think. Yeah, I run. I I would. I just said to Jody. I'll say it to you. Run the ball is not a game plan. You run gotta, the ball better. Gotta, yeah, run the ball more effectively. That's actually what the Eagles want to do. By the way, get the lead, and run to close the game. That's when they're at their best. They had 465 yards of total offense yesterday. We talk about this offense and struggling. They were top 10 in most categories coming into the game. They're only going up. Um, but again, the expectations. The expectations are so high with this team. And Jody and I have been talking about it since the preseason. I thought they'd do a better job ignoring that. They're not doing a good job ignoring that yet. I'll tell you what, John. I, I agree with you. Like, you know. It's not a fun time in that locker room. I heard you guys talk about that. It, I'm not having fun covering it. It's it's getting exhausting. And you can tell with some of the players, I've talked to some of these guys, they're feeling this right now. It, it I mean, it's actually beyond ridiculous. If you think about it, the quarterback goes for 300 yards. The running backs run for 170 yards. Like The running game is good. They, like you said, 465 yards, 33 points. And let's point out, Oh, Dallas Goddard slipped, and oh, Eliza Kias runs in the Boston sky. That's the only reason this game is close yesterday. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just face facts. Yeah, but those are real mistakes. I mean, you yeah. can't overlook them either because they that let the New York Giants back in the game. Now, if 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 uh, Brian Dayball didn't come to his senses and finally whack the 15 minutes of fame of Tommy DeVito, that would have been a 40-6 to six game probably. Um, they would have got run out of the building. But once he made the change and they started making mistakes, I mean, those are real. You can't not point them out. I mean, that's just dumb. The Alameda, Zacchaeus, Boston, Scott. First of all, why do they have split kickoff returners? Why? Yeah, I've, I've been trying to figure that out for the last, what, 12 hours now? It's I, I don't get a lot of stuff they did yesterday. But Nick Sirianni wasting, what, 20 seconds before calling the timeout and Jalen Hurts having Jalen the Hurts brain not from... getting out of bounds. Yeah, and, and he owned up to that yesterday. It's You're, you're right, though, John. Like, these dude, the, these things add up. Jalen Carter jogging off the field and then yeah. seeing Hassan Reddick and – what was it? Hassan Reddick and Nick Sirianni going at it. The... Yeah. Did you I find... blame Nick for that because, I again, I can't blame pass rushers for getting – Roughing the pet. I mean, where's he supposed? He went too low by the modern stand. It's a penalty. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, he's trying to make a play. I'm not going to yell at the guy for trying to make a play, and he's the only one getting near the quarterback anyway. Um, so I'll blame that one on the head coach. I saw that throughout the weekend. Um, uh, the Detroit game. There was an awful. Uh, roughing the passer. Jody mentioned what game, Jody? Were you oh, talking Dolphins about? And, Dolphins and Cowboys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Michael Parsons one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's just part of the game now. You're, you're, uh, I, I don't know what to say about that, except you better 
bake that into the thing because you're going to get occasionally a bad roughing the passer call, but there's nothing you can do about by, that. By the way, John, how did you feel Devonta Smith handled Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts last night? The body language was really un-Devonta Smith-like. Or maybe it is Devonta Smith-like based on how he acts. I, I, A.J. Brown always talks. Yep, and always. What, what, he's he's saying, uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all and decline to talk. What the hell? What the hell is going on? And you know what's weird, John? Like, he talks to us all the time. Like, like you said, after games in the locker room, like during the week, it's he always has time to talk about something. Maybe I ask AJ anything. Sometimes it's off the record, and he'll tell me anything. I mean, anything as long as it's off the record. Yeah, um, that's how he is with me. It's I, I've talked to him just about you know his Monday night football comments. We were laughing about it, and he goes, "Yeah," he said, "I kind of, you know, it's it is what it is." But yeah, 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 that's what's so frustrating about. This entire thing. And when I watch the clip of Seriani and Smith, there's Brown in the background. And he's got to look like, oh, like maybe that's why he's not talking. Like it, it almost was like he wanted to roll his eyes, but he kind of knew a camera was there. Now, I saw some people, and I don't know if I'm here, but I, I do think, and I blamed, you know, Nick for the Reddick thing. And I, I do think he's getting too emotional on the sidelines. I, I think. You know, he needs to tone it down a little bit. I don't know if that's why guys are upset. Well, I'll say I'll say this as a you know, if I was a player on that team and again not putting words words or actions in their mouth, the Chiefs thing would have bothered me a lot. You know, you're you're just putting this burden on. You don't want to be hated in life. You just don't. And Nick Sirianni is making that for them. You know, calling out Chiefs fans and you know the the Dallas sucks thing. That was two years ago. Who cares? But it, it's just the – you're right. It's the way he's acting now. Like, dude, like, what are you trying to live something that you weren't able to accomplish as a player yourself? I don't get it. Ah, uh, but wait, hold on one second. As we get on Nick Sirianni's case, I'm here to praise the coach because actions speak louder than words. And Quez Watkins played one snap yesterday. He played as many snaps as Britton Covey yesterday. He got benched, yeah. Despite the fact that he goes out of his way to make excuses and sing the praises of the worst third wide receiver in the National Football League, he acted yesterday and did not use him. Went more two tight ends. Still played a lot yesterday. And uh, Alameda, when he wasn't in running into Boston, Scott was actually getting snaps. So I, 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 I'm not denying anything else you guys are saying about Sirianni and or calling him on the carpet for. But I got to at least give him props because he said, nah, I, I can't right. hide my Quez Watkins love and continue to make mistakes by putting him out there. Well, what did I say last week, John? Bad things happen when you throw the ball to Quez Watkins. Yeah, it has been that way, um, you know. And, and to me, the bigger problem with Quez, though, if you if you take Sirianni at his word, and there's no reason to because uh, he's been lying to us so often. But oh yeah, um, you know, and he talks about his speed, which is real, to be fair. But he's lollygagging out there, you know, on on film. The one time when he's supposed to clear out for AJ Brown. Now AJ Brown is not slow, um, you know by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not supposed to be as fast as 
um, Quez Watkins. And there was one play um, in the Seattle game where Quez is supposed to clear out for AJ. He's supposed to cut inside. And Quez and AJ beat him to the spot. And there was another one was supposed to clear out across the field. He's going like 80%. So he's not going a hundred percent. So I think that's the, even the bigger issue, uh, believe it or not. And that's the reason he got benched and he should have benched him. And, you know, the funny thing is Britton Covey plays one snap at receiver. They give him a bubble screen. He makes a play. He gets seven, eight yards. I'm not going to overstate it, but that's good for the Eagles. That's good for the Eagles. He might have got 30 or 40 on that, if you think about it. Yeah, well, my point is he played one snap, made a play, and they didn't go back to it. That's the kind of stuff I don't understand. Because they ran, I don't know, Jody, did you check? 67 bubble screens. Uh, you, you can't get another bubble screen. And again, Johnny Mac, I watched a lot of football this weekend. The bubble screen oh, can be a that. very effective oh, play. It's just not an effective play here in Philadelphia because they don't have guys to, to run it. And and the offensive coordinator, head coach, continue to say, we're going to do it anyway. Even though we continue to prove we can't do it, let's just continue trying it. It's not the play. It's the players. And it's the coaches for continuing to think because other teams around the league are doing it, making it work. We can do it too. Except you can't. There's too much evidence to the contrary that you're going to be able to do that. I'm well aware it is a staple around the NFL. Everybody runs it. Everybody runs it consistently. Um, I'm not a fan, as you know. But, yeah, it's about execution. And the Eagles proved in that little short window – with a guy who knows what he's doing when it comes to, because remember, he's a punt returner. He had a great punt return, set the tone in the game. So he's got everything you want on those bubble screens, except the size. He's got the short area quickness and he understands you got to get up field. You got to go North South. You can't, you, you can't mess around. And again, I don't want to overstate it because it was a seven, eight yard gain. That's a really successful play, you know, when you're getting seven, eight yards as an extension to the running game, as they like to call it. Um, and I didn't go back to it. Uh, is there I, is there a reason why this team doesn't feature DeAndre Swift in the passing game as much as they should? They're not a dump off team. I, I've been saying, uh, I, yeah, I, I know that, but it's like you can't. You know, they I mean, get a dump they, off. They get a successful dump off the game well, but it's rare. Um, they just don't. I mean, that's not Jalen's game. It's I try not. to tell fans all the time, you know, with the whole run the ball thing. You no, know, it's pass the score, run the win. And one of the reasons they ran the ball because they were up in the fourth. Oh quarter. yeah, they, they, nobody can figure this out. It's the easiest thing. To no, no, out. no. You know what, John? They know more than we do. They, yeah. they do. That's what I just said. They know more than we do. It frustrates me because it's so easy to figure. I tell Jody all the time. You know, Jody. I say, people ask me run-pass ratio. Tell me what the score is in the fourth quarter. I'll tell you. It's And I'm 100%, not because I'm a genius, because it's easy to figure out. And as Jeff just said, it's, it's pass the score, run the win. They're built that way. <laughs> they want to get the lead. And they want to finish the game running the football. They have to run it effectively. At times, they haven't run it effectively. See the first Dallas game where they had to hang on for their dear life. They were trying to close that out running the football. 
they couldn't run it effectively. Um, and the defense as well, they're built to play with the lead. That's how they build the team. That's how they want to play. That are too often they haven't been able to play that way. Now I, I I shifted toward the defense. Let's talk about Matt Patricia. I was pretty impressed. Um, for the most part, they were really up against it. Jeff, no no Nick Morrow couldn't play. No Zach Cunningham. No Darius Slay. He did a lot of interesting things, including. Nolan Smith as the Mike linebacker. Yeah, how about that? In the dime, in the in the dime defense, I did not think we'd be seeing that. You know, it's just a wrinkle. There's a couple wrinkles there. I was talking to a couple of defensive players during the week. They said, you know, we're changing some things up, and they said it's. It seems like the defense is kind of excited over what's transpiring here. I don't know if that's a Sean Desai. Thing where they just trust Matt Patricia more, but it seemed like they were like a little just excited to see what was happening. And now they're seeing some results. Like Kelly Ringo allowed like a 25 passer rating on uh Sun on Monday. Uh Eli Ricks was like in the 40s in pass rating. Like even James Bradbury was, you know, he had like a 63 passer rating or something this week. Like that. And he unveiled a small dime where he had four corners on the field and he had the 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 big look with the safeties on the field. It was, you know, he had he had Roby and Bradbury playing inside, Ricks and Ringo outside. Um, that was interesting. Um we've seen the three safety looks, but Ringo has impressed me. It's like why? I, evidently, he's not a good practice, but well, you know, in training camp, to be fair, he wasn't good. Um, obviously, he hasn't done enough behind the scenes, but there's certain guys, and he's so gifted. Maybe he's not a practice player. Maybe you throw him out there and he just. And maybe he's not. Remember, they tried him in the slot because that's where they had a need. You got Bradbury, you got Slay. There are some guys, they're just outside corners. That's their position. That's what their skill set fits. I know that coach. No, that was Rex. They didn't try Ringo. Ringo had one snap, Jody, before last week, before Seattle. Right. Because you were saying, well, why hasn't he played? Yeah. Because you got Bradbury and Slay. Where are we going to play him? If he's yeah. not a, a slot corner, where are you going to play him? You're going to sit either Bradbury or Slay? After the way Bradbury played the three previous weeks coming up to this week, you could actually make the argument, but nobody was saying that. John McBall wasn't saying Jody no. McDonald, Jeff no, I, I, I hey, would not. That'll work Kaylee Ringo in because he's a fourth round pick, and I know it's going to cost Bradbury and Slay some snaps. Nobody was saying that in the preseason. I'll tell you what, I, um, meant, I meant when they needed an outside. Yeah, I'm not going to bench Slay. I'm not going to bench Bradbury, even though people want to bench him. But when they needed. Oh, like um, Joe being ahead of him. Okay. I yeah. Excuse me. And, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. So how about Josh Job though? He's not even playing. I don't even think he got a snap yesterday. No, and he's that's fine. He's a great special teams player. Yeah, he, he, he is. It, you know, it's I, I just think again, John, it's like you know, our buddy Andrew Dechecko says this too. <laughs> People just have unrealistic expectations of these guys. And then they blame us for it. Well, you're hyping them up. I'm like, I never hyped up Kaylee Ringo or Eli Rex. I just Said that you know they, they have potential to be good players, and you're seeing Eli Ricks on the outside. What he's able to do, you're seeing. I, I agree with you. Kelly Ringo was terrible in training camp this year. Like I, you yeah, wouldn't believe he was a fourth good. round pick. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's part of it. I mean, the coaches, it's difficult, but I think Matt Patricia, and this is one of the big, uh, I think, advantages. I mean, it's natural. I think he's got a lot more confidence in himself than Sean Desai. And and why wouldn't he? You know, he's got, I don't know, how many, three, four Super Bowl rings, whatever the hell he has, and um, was a former head coach. So he's got... He's got more confidence. I think Sean was more hesitant to sort of pull the trigger on certain things. And by the way, you want some positivity because we have been kind of, well, I have been kind of negative talking about this team. Slay's coming back for the playoffs. Avante Maddox is coming back very soon. Might be next week. Um, Nick Morrow's coming back at some point. Zach Cunningham's going to be back at some point. They're tied for the best record in the NFC. Why not the Eagles? You just saw San Francisco get destroyed. They can't play without Trent Williams. Yeah, you, you, know what, you know what, John? This is why I get tired of hearing about how great they are because there's always the, well, if Trent Williams plays and Debo Samuel plays and Christian McCaffrey plays, they're unbeatable. Okay, so like you said, what happens if one of them gets hurt? Yeah, I, I'm not even, you know, I joke with Jody that, because we go back and forth with Purdy. And I said, Purdy's not even the MVP on his team. I said, Christian is, Christian McCaffrey. And I, I believe that. But the real MVP on their team is Trent Williams. They can't yeah. win without Trent Williams. They're I terrible. Mean, they, they were buried before Trent Williams ever got pulled last I, year. I know, but it they're wasn't, just, Oh, my God, Trent Williams went out of the game and the Niners went in the crapper. But they're no, the Niners ball. went in the crapper from the first minute of the game. But they lost the three games before when he was out, and they were abysmal when he was out. Now, I know they were probably going to lose the game anyway, but they probably would have steadied themselves if, if, if he was in the game. They just are awful when he's not on the field. It's, it's astonishing. We see some of the same thing with Lane Johnson and the Eagles record when he plays when he doesn't play, but it's even to a higher degree out there. But my larger point, Jeff, is why not the Eagles? I mean, Detroit, great offense. They struggle on defense. I mean, they gave up a crap load of yards to Nick Mullins. They just got a bunch of interceptions. You had over you know, 400 I, yards passing. Nick you know, I, got a lot of, I got a lot of hate from my colleagues at CBS this week because they're saying to me, watch out for the Rams. I said, I agree to an extent, but I said, you're going to have to do more than convince me that they look good against a Dennis Allen-led Saints team. I, I think the Saints suck. I, I yeah, think a I lot know. Of You're not a big Dennis Allen guy. No, I, in my opinion, he should have been fired last year. I, I think he's a terrible head coach. Great defensive coordinator. Like, that defense plays hard, and they're good. But they're, why is Derek Carr and this team, with the talent they have, just as bad as they are? I like the Rams, but I can't say the right. The Rams are hot at the right time, and Matthew Stafford's playing really well, but it's hard to say they're a legitimate contender. Um, um, but And it, my only point is the Eagles are – Beware, that might be who the Eagles are playing, John. Yeah, and they That's could leave. The Eagles may draw in the first round of the playoffs. By the way, guys, do you know Eagles fans have to root for the Cowboys on Saturday? Yeah, they should. Because the, the whole common record – and strength of victory that could jump in the Lions' favor. Well, it will jump on common records. So you, in a way, they have to root for the Cowboys to beat the Lions. They have to root for the Cowboys to win a big game. Yeah, right. 
or Lions could win and then turn around and lose the last week. So it's all up there. We all think we know exactly what's going to transpire. And, well, when these team wins these two games or when except games jump up and surprise us every single week. So trying to affix wins and losses three games out was ridiculous last week, this heading into this past week. And it's just as ridiculous for the, the final two weeks. Jonathan Gannon's coming to town this week. How do you know he's not going to have some surprises up his sleeve for the Philadelphia Eagles? This is his Super Bowl, right, John? Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I I think that relationship is uh, broken a little bit between Nick and and JG. So it's going to be another interesting week. Seems to always be something. Um, But, yeah, I just don't think Arizona has enough. But Kyler Murray, man, I mean – you know, he can make some plays and do stuff off schedule. He almost beat the Eagles out there. Um, it was a poor game with the backup kicker game. Kicker game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kicker, the, kicker, game. kicker yeah. the kicker. Who... Eagles had the better backup kicker. Uh, Matt Amendola screwed things for Arizona, but they were, they were in that game. Um, and a lot of it is Kyler just making plays. Um so yeah, I mean it's the NFL. We just saw they, the 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 Raiders beat the Chiefs, and I don't think the quarterback completed a pass in the second half. He did. He didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. That's astonishing. Really? He yeah. didn't get any in the second quarter either. He was he was zero for ten after the first quarter, that's and astonishing. they beat the Chiefs. Yep. Yeah. I mean that's I I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, you know? Can you imagine? Philadelphia, if they had the issues the Chiefs were having with Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift oh and, my and all that, that all that, great. yeah, it, I mean, they, they would say it. Taylor Swift's ruining the football team. That's what I keep joking about. She's ruining the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean that is, and and by the way, that game was at Arrowhead, and 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 the Raiders didn't complete a pass in the final three quarters, and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's incredible. I, their defense scored more points than the offense, and I, and I think they scored. The defense has scored like thirty-five points in the last two weeks, or something like that. That's insane. Right, because I put up the sixty spot uh, against the Chargers, and good, good on Antonio Pierce. I hope that uh, Mark Davis doesn't make the same mistake he made before when he passed over Rich Bisaccia, who got them into the playoffs as an interim coach, and they, oh, they had to go, go get Josh McDaniel. What a mistake that was. I hope he uh, realizes he's got a good coach who the players are playing for and gives Antonio Pierce that job. I think he's earned it for them, even if they don't make the playoffs, which they probably won't. But the way they've been playing and the way things are going in the NFL, I wouldn't count out anything. But even if he doesn't, I think he's got to be the head coach of the Raiders going yeah, forward. I agree with you, Drew. By the way, the the biggest loser of the weekend for me, team-wise, was the Bengals because they were in the driver's seat to go to the playoffs, and now they're at the long – at the end of the long list of tiebreakers because they have a poor conference record. And, you know, it's, it's just – basically they eliminated themselves on Saturday by getting blown out by Pittsburgh. And now all of a sudden Pittsburgh's back in the race, but – it looks like it's yeah. Cleveland's going to be at least the five. And hindsight, be, yeah. after listening to uh, Jake Browning's comments after beating Minnesota the week prior, uh, he acted like that was his Super Bowl because evidently Mike Zimmer was a dick, big shock when he cut Jake Browning. 
and he's not even there anymore. And he obviously, you know, it was a big game for him. And he he expressed it, and it's not a surprise that in hindsight that he came back to earth. Um, but yeah, that was a poor performance. And the Steelers were looked dead in the water, and now all of a sudden they're excited. The Rams we mentioned all of a sudden making the big run. Matthew Stafford looks tremendous. Even the Falcons left for dead. And they beat our old buddy Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew. And then they kind of destroyed them. What a weird week. It, it has been a weird week. It, now, Except for about, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's just good. He's good. The Browns are good. They have an elite defense. No one wants to win the AFC South, by the way. No one does. Yeah. And and the Jaguars have the easiest road. They they play Carolina this week. But Carolina's been playing better all of a sudden. We probably talk too much about uh, personal awards on this show. I do on my radio broadcasts and the like. But a Philly guy's going to get uh, coach of the year in the NFL. And it's not Nick Sirianni. It's Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, and Kevin, he is yeah. not getting he, enough he, credit for what he's doing with that Browns team it. this year. Well, don't forget Jim Swartz, man. Jim Swartz in that defense. When was the last time a coordinator won coach of the year? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying coach of the year. I'm just you know, saying John, um, a big part of their their turnaround is that defense. And But he's doing a great job. Joe Blacka was made to play in that offense because Stepanski's a, a Shanahan Kubiak guy. So they just run play action, play action. He's got the big arm. And when that works – He's, he's got made. the talent around him too to do it. Like he's you know, made he, to play in that offense. Th- 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 think about this: the, he don't have Nick Chubb either. It's you know Kareem Hunt basically on his last legs, and um, what Denzel Ford? Uh, I, I forget. Ford's been okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're oh, Jerome uh, Ford. Jerome Ford. I'm thinking Denzel. I don't know why they, I'm thinking a cornerback there. They but. they got like two or three offensive linemen hurts. I mean, yeah. they're they're, they're banged all, up. Yeah, and, and they're not making excuses. They're just winning games. And Amari Cooper, 265 yards receiving. Think about this, John. If the Ravens would have lost last night, they would have been one game back of them. Yeah, Ravens. Now, Oh, oh, the Ravens, all they got to do now is be there the we go. And all Lamar has to do is not have a, a shit game, and he's going to be the MVP. I agree. Because yeah, believe, he, people believe he's MVP worthy. Um, he's already been an MVP. Um, yeah, that's that's now his. his I, I was watching some of that game before we went back up to the press area to the right uh, with Gary Cobb last night, and we were just amazed at some of the plays Lamar was making. Just and it it was just like, it looks like basic stuff, but him getting rid of the ball quick, him trusting his guys. Like he threw a beautiful pass to Rashad Bateman on second down. Bateman just straight up dropped it, and he had like two other receivers open, and he looked both their way, but. He went to Bateman, and, you know, he didn't even get upset with him. He's like, oh, that's all right. And he goes and flicks a quick pass to Isaiah Likely the next play, and they get the first down. Then they, Yeah, they, he's they even go- throwing touchdowns to Nelson, baby. Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Nelson yeah, Aguilar. got one last night. Mm-hmm. All right, one more thing, uh, Jeff Kerr, before we let, run about the Eagles. And, again, I apologize for being the naysayer because I'm really not today. I, I think there was more good than bad yesterday. Oh, I do too, Jody. I, I'm with you on that. Despite John's uh, giving us an honest assessment of the locker room afterwards that 
it didn't look like necessarily a uh, a winning locker room after there's still a lot of angst on the football team. Well, I think there should be angst on the defensive line. Aaron Bird's 365, both John and I sat here and said, the Eagles defensive line might be the best unit in all of football. That what they have their depth there and what they're what we thought that Jalen Carter would become. And even though they lost uh, Javon Hargrave, the Eagle defensive line is just stone cold dominant, 70 sacks. All right, they're going to trim a couple because you got to come back to the mean. They stink right now. This side of Fletcher Cox, uh, Jordan Davis isn't doing anything. Carter's hit the rookie wall. Josh Sweat is completely non existent. And Hassan Reddick made a couple of plays yesterday, but he also took a bad penalty, which, yeah, everybody in the NFL does. What the hell has happened to this defensive line, Jeff Kerr? And don't give me the, oh, it's the backup, and they have to do too no, much. No, no, it's not. The expectations it's... were the expectations. Yeah, exactly. And they were realistic, and they were fair, and they weren't out of line. And the defensive line is woefully underachieved this year. I'm and not going to blame it on everybody. And the Giants' them. offensive line is terrible. Like, terrible. They were on pace to beat the 1986 Eagles for most sacks allowed this season. And how many sacks did they end up with, John? Two? One. 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 And it was the quarterback out It wasn't even, yeah, really a sack. It was just uh, uh, late, yeah, push out of bounds. They only had 13 pressures yesterday, too, which is low for them. It's uh, maybe teams have figured out, you know what, let's just get rid of the ball quick against this football team. That's well, what they I'm were definitely, They were definitely getting rid of it in the first half, just insane, a bunch of bubble screens, bunch of nonsense. And they don't, They that was my argument. They don't let DeVito do anything. So one of my criticisms, Brian Dayball, look, you got, they're an NFL team. They got a lot of good players. Saquon Barkley, um, Dexter Lawrence are phenomenal players. Uh, Bobby O'Karakey's a really good player. Xavier McKinney's a really good player. Dory Jackson, you saw with the pick six. I don't know how you look those guys in the eye when you have Tyrod Taylor started, I don't know, 55 NFL games and he's a 500 quarterback and say, we can go out and compete and win games. Um, and and I don't know how, how he was doing it. And he should have p- pulled the plug much earlier. But he finally pulled the plug, and then they got competitive. Taylor, though, gave them opportunities. Now, he's he's mobile as well. Yeah, they're just not getting home. Um, how, about the, how about Tyrod Taylor? Think about this. He gets benched for Baker Mayfield, never sees the light of day in Cleveland. Has the chest issue, never sees the light of day in L.A. with Justin Herbert. And then you can't get on the field because of Tommy freaking DeVito? I I, I, I – Boy, I, I'm surprised he didn't lose the locker room. I really am. I really am. When he came back, when he was healthy, when when they had to play DeVito, that's not his fault. You're down. That's not, Jones is hurt. Taylor's hurt. You got to play him. All right, that's fine. There's it seems no like there. from the vibe I got from a couple Giants writers I talked to, it seemed like players are maybe okay with it because he wasn't turning the football over and. They knew yeah, that was the issue. It over. That yeah, was... with Daniel Jones, like they're like, okay, it's you know what? We at least have a chance. We're winning games. Like they were what they won three in the road. They were three and one their last four going into this. Yeah, but he's not letting them do anything. No, oh, it was bad. It was really yeah. bad. 
Yeah. I saw you chuckle a couple times last night when they were throwing those bubbles. I, 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 I just, you know, and, and Saquon's the really guy I focus in on because so much of the, um, the weight is put on him and look, he's in a position that nobody pays and he's getting killed every week and he's out there and he makes a lot of money. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he's got, you know, he doesn't have a contract for next year. Why is Saquon Barkley out there breaking his, you know what? I, I that's, that's his mindset. It's always yeah. been good for him. Yeah. That's, that's difficult. Um, but uh, that's the Giants, and they got a lot of issues and a lot of fool's gold for that team last year making the playoffs. It's come back to haunt them a little bit. For the Philadelphia Eagles, I'll, I'll end it here with you at Jeff Kerr CBS. Make sure you follow uh, Jeff on X. Twitter uh, does a great job writing for CBS uh, and does a great job covering this team when he's down there. Um, when I... When I talk about that move on defense from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia, and I see what's coming down the pike as far as I mentioned before, Slay coming back, Maddox most notably, but even the linebackers getting healthier. Um, now, the defensive front, I, I think Jody's completely right. Jalen Carter's hit the wall. He's hit the wall. Um I don't know. Can he come back? Can he bounce back? They didn't play him a lot of snaps. Maybe they're in route to trying to get him ready for the playoffs. How much of a luxury do you think it is the final two games against Arizona, the Giants again? It's huge. Um, I mean, if we want to be fair here, this is kind of what you want after that six game gauntlet. You know, you had a. I, I still say last night was a get-right game, even though they made a lot oh, of mistakes. Yeah. It's you got to win. It doesn't matter. And Kaylee Ringo said last night, hey, wins, are, wins are hard to come by in this league. Uh, DeAndre Swift kind of reiterated the same thing. I, I, you know what, John? I got to give DeAndre Swift a lot of props here. He's very soft-spoken. He doesn't say much when he gets interviewed. But I love the quote when he said last night, when he was asked about that, was the, Martin Frank asked him it. And he said, you know what? I just care about wins. You know, it's, you know, did, did we get the win? Well, yeah, he said, you know, it, that, that stuff's not important. He said, it, you know, it's cool. But he said, I'd rather win a football game. And I, I think maybe a lot of players on that team should share the mentality of DeAndre Swift. Yes. Eddie Ringo right now. I really do. And it, it's like, it's almost like, you know, I, I saw someone say to me on X last night, DeAndre Swift should have 15 touchdowns. It's BS. Jalen Hurts gets all those touchdowns. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you're team scoring? Like, who cares? By the way, I set an NFL record yesterday, Jalen. Went over. He's got uh, 35 touchdowns this year. You know who? There's only one player who has more than him, Josh Allen. Yeah, that's a fantasy player who's worried about who's getting in. Yeah. I could and care I, less. It's. I, I, I know you do, but uh, either way, DeAndre is at officially 988, so he should go over a thousand for the first time in his career. And he's earned it against Arizona. And um, yeah, he's having a career year. So I think people don't realize this kind of stuff. Uh, well, yeah, well, you know what bothers me, John? I, I think fans want DeAndre Swift to get the ball 30, 35 times a game, and that's just well, not. Well, then he'd be in the hospital. I, well, exactly. I actually think in the way the Eagles are using DeAndre Swift in terms of volume touches and 
they're, they're using him right. They're preserving. Like, I think DeAndre, DeAndre Swift, just from watching him in Detroit, he was not that player. And, you know, late in the year, he was banged up. He was hurt. He hasn't been that this year, and that's going to be huge for the Eagles in a month. It might uh, not have been a get-perfect game. I heard that a lot. Oh, it's a get-right game for the Eagles. They did. They got right. They won. Might yeah. not have been get-perfect, which is what some people were looking for. That didn't happen, but getting a victory was the most important. Jeff Carr, always a pleasure, brother. Thanks. We will talk to you next week. Absolutely, guys. What that next Monday? It's we're actually back to a Sunday at one p.m. There you go, John McMullen's favorite time. Sunday at one. He's number two. What number two of the season? Number oh, no, two and final. Now, number yeah. two or number three? Is it? Is it I three? I am boy. The, the weekend. By the way, not John, a lot. I'm not fully embracing the week eighteen game to be Saturday. I don't know why. I, I don't care. Just get it over with. I can't <laughs> believe I got to drive up that damn turnpike for that game. My God. I hope Tommy DeVito's not playing again. I can't watch that. It is torture. Watching is torture. the Giants are torture in general. Uh, right, right. Anyway, the Eagles should be able to coast in that game. But, you know, they didn't coast in it. As long as they don't run into each other and trip, they should be able to coast in that game. We shall see. All right, quick timeout coming back here on Birds 365, hour number two coming your way. Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut and Associates, that is a tenant. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. By which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Got Maga Mac here on Birds 365. Yes, it had been a while since we got to do a show after an Eagle victory. And that's exactly what we're doing here today. They beat the Giants yesterday in a game that got too close for everybody's comfort in the second half. Uh, it was, it's funny. I was, uh, I watched the first half at my uh, in law's house. And then halftime hit, I went home to watch the second half uh, and uh, relax. And I thought that I might have been able to stay at my in-laws house like halftime. Do I really have to pay strict attention here in the second half? The Eagles have this blowout lead. I could actually kick back, have another dessert. Yeah. When when, when the two guys ran into each other and coughed the football up, I said, oh, I guess it's a good thing I got home in time to take some notes here in the second half. This could get interesting. And it did. But the Eagles did what they had to do. Uh, for those just streaming in, John, I was uh, a little little surprised uh, by the level that you took it to. You're there. You're uh, you're in the locker room afterwards. I'm not. Most of our streamers and listeners are not. It wasn't exactly joy in Mudville after the game yesterday that the the expectation on the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they're back to tied for the best record in the NFB, NFC after San Francisco's beatdown loss last night. You think it's weighing on this team pretty badly? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, they're not having fun. Um, and it's not everybody. I mean, you know, they're, uh, Jeff mentioned DeAndre Swift and, you know, taking more of his approach. Brandon Graham, eternally optimistic. Um, but as I mentioned, AJ, um, you know, Nick on the sidelines, Jalen talking to Devontae Smith and, um, Jason Kelsey, you know, and Jalen gave this tortured, um, explanation after the game. And, and I'll read you the quote. Um, 
through the standard we've been talking about, it's like a double-edged sword of what's more important, winning or the standard. It's a very manipulative thing to the mind sometimes. I can play to the standards and lose and be sick. I can go win and not play to the standard and be like, we have more work to do. It's the fight we balance as competitors. Does that sound like somebody having fun? No, um, no, 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 no. Um, I mean, like, it, you, misery is the word uh, Jeff, Jeff McClain used. I can't disagree with it. This is the most miserable 10 and 1 team, now 11 and 4. Look, it's understandable in the three game losing streak. Nobody's happy when you lose. They weren't happy when they were 10 and 1. And a lot of the fan base wasn't happy when they were 10 and 1. Let's, we talk about it every day. I talked about it since the beginning of the season. The expectations were unrealistic. They're in a position to go 13 and 4. I know I had 11 or 12 wins before that. I forget. You might have written it down. You're the official uh, record keeper. Um, but I know it was 11 or 12. And I, I, I remember because I like that exercise you used. If you had, yeah, to I was, I was, down. I was twelve more likely thirteen than twelve back toward eleven. Yeah. You might have and, been. And, yeah, I 11. was eleven. Probably, uh, uh, I didn't think I went backward this time. I was probably eleven going to eleven 12. up to twelve. Yeah, uh, I think we both were twelve, except I said more like. Oh, then, then if 11. we were both twelve, then I probably went backwards. Yeah, yeah that's what um, I think you said. Yeah, um, yeah. So I am eleven, twelve win team. They're already at eleven. They could get the thirteen. That's good. That is good in the NFL, uh, and nobody's having fun. <laughs> Not everybody, as I said, I shouldn't say that speaking because uh, guys like Brandon are just incredibly optimistic every day of their lives. But um, yeah, I mean, and I just gave you the Jalen quote, AJ, and you know, people say AJ this, AJ that. He 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 had 11 targets, six reception for 80 yards, first Eagles receiver in history to go over 100 receptions. Um, only Eagles receiver to have over 1,300 yards, two consecutive seasons. Oh, he's producing. Um, he's getting the football. It ain't that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And here's what I liked about yesterday's game. One of many things I liked about yesterday's game. Um, they actually threw the ball down the field to Dallas Goddard. Not a little three-yard sit-down route, not a tight end screen. They, they got actually, one tight end screen. It worked, too. Right. It, well, and and, and the, they're few and far between when they do work for the Eagles when they go at screens. Um, but he actually had a couple of catches downfield, which I get. AJ's the main guy. Smith and, and Goddard are two and three. Uh, that's the way that it should work. But they had not been able to, and I don't know if it's because of the play calling or Goddard wasn't 100% up to it or Jalen just didn't look to him on those given plays. They they need him down the field as a weapon down the field, and they got some of that yesterday, which I thought was a very good sign. All right, McMullen McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We're going to get our buddy Andrew DiCecco from uh, Inside the Inside Birds.com. I always screw that up. Uh, InsideTheBirds.com and podcast. 
uh, both reporter and content creator for Inside the Birds. Andrew DiCecco joins us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Jody McDonald and John McMullen, your Maga Mac guys here on Birds 365 after an Eagle win. That's right, an Eagle win. And Andrew DiCecco from uh, InsideTheBirds.com uh, going to join us to give us some positive reinforcement. About, uh, we're not getting enough positive reinforcement here, Andrew. You got to you gotta bring the positive. You were there. You saw the fans going nuts. You saw the press box having to restrain themselves. Or no, it's like, uh, okay, they won, but what the hell is wrong with this football team? What was your feeling? Now, if we put the analysis and everything else away, just give me your 
feeling after the Eagles won that game, the way they won that game yesterday? What was it? Well, it was the quintessential get right spot for the Eagles. But what really can you glean from a game like that? Right. They should have they should have put the Giants away far earlier than they did, guys. You guys all are well aware of that. I didn't think that they were able to play a clean game. I thought that there were some of the issues that have persisted throughout the season. They surfaced once again. And against the better teams that you're going to face in the postseason, that performance is not going to be good enough. Uh, it was across the board, sans special teams. Again, that's been a common thread throughout the year. So, yeah, it's good to get back in the win column through the Eagles, but I'm not necessarily sure what you're going to be able to take away from that game and use it to move forward. Yeah, that was my fear. You weren't going to learn much uh, about the Eagles, no matter what happened in this game, unless they actually lost it, which would have been uh, obviously yeah. a disaster. But even if they win by 20 points, like they were dominating in the first half, you're going to say, well, it's Tommy DeVito and the Giants. What does that really mean? However, Andrew, you look around the rest of the league, who's different? San Francisco got waxed yeah. uh, by Baltimore. Uh, Kansas City managed to lose a football game and where the opposing quarterback at home, by the way, did not complete a pass in the final three quarters and lost the game. If the Eagles are a fraud, can everybody rest assured that so is everybody else? So may the best fraud win. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know that there's a dominant team this year. I I think you've seen the up and down play throughout the year. I mean, from across the board, John, but to me, I, I think the 49ers and uh, the Baltimore Ravens are the class of the NFL, but they're beatable teams. And, but while, while they really sort of uh, dragged their feet yesterday and played, or I should say the 49ers, yeah. they, they've played more, they played closer to a more consistent level throughout the season than we've seen the Eagles play throughout the year. So it's kind of, Difficult to think that oh, just because they they stumbled up yesterday that all of a sudden that the Eagles can go to Santa Clara, let's say, and beat them playing the way that they are right now. I think that there are some uh, some troubling things that are beneath the surface here of this team, John, and yeah. you and I, and we'll probably get into it here. Yeah. But you know, coming out of a win, it just didn't feel you were we were in there yesterday. Didn't no, get the sense no, no. that it was like a winning locker room. It was really odd. It really was a weird vibe going on there. Yeah, Andrew, I want to ask you about the quarterback because there were two plays yesterday, one positive, one negative, that kind of made the day for Jalen Hurts. The first on the negative side. Right before half, pulls the football down, decides to run, can step out of bounds and give himself another shot at the end zone before the, and he gets pulled down in bounds and he tries to get an extra yard when the obvious play had to be run out of bounds. Mm -hmm. He gets lucky in that the Giants try and hold him to the ground to watch the clock run out and the referees throw the flag. So at least they got gifted a field goal. That's just a bad play by Jay. Just a flat out bad foolish, not smart football play. And then yeah. there's the completion on third and 20 in which he throws a dime right to A.J. Brown, extends the play, perfect pass over the defender between he and A.J., and he just lays it out there for him. The yin, the yang, the good, the bad of Jalen Hurts. Where are you at with the Eagles starting quarterback right now? Yeah, well, that first play you mentioned, Jody, was just such poor situational awareness. That's atypical of Hurts. And they got fortunate, like you said, that they got called for a delay game holding them down. Otherwise, I don't know if they get any points out of that. Right. They got shut but out. On, but on that 32-yard completion that you were referring to, 
I thought Jalen did a tremendous job on a play where he normally, by the way, would flee the pocket and try to pick it up with his legs. I thought he was patient. I thought he stepped up in the pocket and took what the defense was giving him, which was a cushion to A.J. Brown, trusted his best player to make the play there. Um, this is what you see, the good and the bad with Jalen. I think last season you saw a, a much more consistent quarterback, but you are seeing the signs of the player that many who felt that were regressing, you're seeing the signs of, 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 of the great player that he was last season. Now, I would say, and you brought it up there, Andrew, the most disappointing thing to me about Jalen's performance was overall, you mentioned the, the biggest play of the game. Uh, however, man, he's blushing out way too soon. Yeah. Kind of climb in a plot pocket. He's just immediately flushing out, usually right, right or left though. Um, and when you do that, obviously you're you're cutting the field in half. It, it makes it easier for the defense. And a lot of times, you don't have to. That's the point. You you climb the pocket, you manipulate the pocket, and you tend to make big plays down the field as he did on that thirty-two yard uh, pass. He's not doing that consistently. But it, 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 <clears> yeah. In 2021, it's an issue again. Sometimes it's not even pressure. He's just bailing. Yeah, from a, from a, just a mechanical standpoint and some of the issues and the, the characteristics that were blemishes to his game in 2021, John, like you said, fling the pocket, the being hasty within the pocket, dropping your eyes, not going through your progressions. Uh, those are things that you started to see surface throughout the year but you've also seen signs of him of the 2022 Jalen Hurts. So uh, I think that he's uh, this is a classic case of a player pressing and trying to do too much within the offense, putting it on his shoulders because it, it just seems largely disjointed for, for various reasons. And I think that he's taking ownership of it and just trying to do too much. And in doing so, you're seeing a, a uh, uh, you're seeing a lot of his old, old, uh, old characteristics uh, resurface uh, in some inopportune uh, situations. All right. Now, if Jalen is putting too much pressure on himself and the standard is what the standard is, he said too high, he can't achieve it. Uh, John gave you the quote from earlier in which he seems like. <clears throat> it's a he, very manipulative thing, manipulative thing to the, the double edged sword. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, man. I, right. I, does that sound like somebody having fun? I, I uh, not, not to me. Yeah. But putting Jalen aside for a second, because, yeah. He's still relatively young in his career compared to some others. And he might be asking too much of himself in life. How about Jason Kelsey? Uh, probably the most beloved player here in Philadelphia. Uh, the veteran guy who holds everything together right in the middle. Another bad penalty yesterday. And it's like a weekly occurrence now with Kelsey that something crops up and we just immediately write it off because what's well, Kelsey. All right. Yeah. All right. Fine. Move the football six inches, except you're not allowed to move the football six inches. He knows it. Everybody knows it. He does it anyway, because I guess he's Jason Kelsey. Uh, they have not, they did not pay the price yesterday, but Jason also, is he another one of those? The standard was too high and the pressure's getting to him. Do we really have to chalk that up? to the superstar center, the veteran guy, the leader of the Philadelphia Eagles, that he is also succumbing to the standard? Again, he's another player that you look at. He's a captain. He's one of the faces of that offense. He's another one that I feel is, is feeling the pressure of an offense that isn't living up to expectations. And he, and he too, is, is a culprit in this whole thing. But I think that you're seeing him try to place too much 
of an emphasis on on him being the one of the the focal points of that offense. Jalen as well, and they're just they're just doing too much, and they're getting away from the from the details and from some of the uh, the the key pillars that made that them so successful last season. It's really uncharacteristic to see that, but you're also seeing it reflected in the running game. He seems to be a tick slower than he normally is. Um, you're seeing him lose matchups that he typically doesn't lose, and you're seeing penalties that he doesn't typically commit. So uh, that to me seems like a player that that is pressing as well. Now with Jason, I got to be <laughs> honest with you guys. I I think he's been getting away with it so long. Um, you know that's what happens with savvy veteran players. He didn't try to steal six inches, Jody. He's tried to steal three quarters of a yard mm-hmm. when he's taking the football, and he's done that stuff. And he moves the football and he manipulates the football more than he should. And teams complain, complain, complain. They say, watch Kelsey, watch Kelsey, watch Kelsey, watch Kelsey. And now they're starting to to call it a little bit, and he's got to adjust to it. Um, but he's always been doing that kind of stuff. And it it is it has served the Eagles well over the years. And um, you know, when they make it a point of emphasis, you you gotta adjust though. And I think he certainly needs to do that. Yep. Um the the larger picture, as you alluded to, Andrew, uh, when we went in that locker room. Now, in hindsight, I saw it this morning, clips put together. Looked like Hassan Reddick was coming over the sideline late in the game after the personal foul penalty to talk to Wash, Jeremiah Washburn, his position coach. And for whatever reason, Nick Sirianni's yelling at him yeah. to get back in the on the field. And I don't know. From there, it looked like Devontae may have gotten involved, maybe a little bit. <laughs> AJ, after the game, AJ's not talking to the media, which is very Reddick, rare. Reddick, Reddick wasn't even in the locker room. No, Reddick, Reddick has not talked a lot this year. That's been an ongoing thing. We thought it was contract-related earlier, but he's not talking. Um, Devontae was having a long discussion with Jalen Hurts, Jason Kelsey with Jalen Hurts. What did you make of that locker room environment after a win? It was definitely awkward. That's why it felt like it was, It didn't necessarily feel like a win because there were so many more questions that you left with that game than, than you did have, than you had answers. And you saw a couple of different locker room pillars having conversations. And I think that was just, I mean, the way that I took it at least was, them trying to keep things together and trying to figure out where things, you know, sort of came apart at the seams in that game to make sure that doesn't happen because the postseason's right around the corner. They can't afford to have anything internally eating away at this team at the most inopportune time. So, I mean, I was just about to ask you what you took of, we mentioned Kelsey and Hertz. They were sitting, Kelsey was doing most of the talking when he was sitting at Hertz's locker for at least 10 minutes. And I, I, that to me is, is two of the, the offensive focal points trying to, figure out how they can write this ship within, you know, with the, as time sort of waning here. Um, the AJ thing's a little weird to me because he led the team with 11 targets. Yeah. So I, I don't, don't think it was I, about I, targets. No, I don't. I, I, I think, I think it's deeper than that. And you've seen AJ have different flare ups or different taking uh, exception to certain things throughout the season. And you just think that that was something that was maybe festering on beneath the surface. Um, Nick Sirianni to me, it seems like the, oh, all fingers seem to be pointing to Nick Sirianni here as far as the uh, a- any sort of, uh, you know, underlying thing maybe going on beneath the surface where players maybe aren't necessarily the most thrilled. Let me ask you about what you think Matt Patricia done. Two weeks now, gets thrown in, 
not all that late. It was a Tuesday from all the reports we have. Then the players knew that Patricia was going to be taking over and he's got till Monday night. Then you have another full week till Monday night. Yes, some down holiday times, not as much time as they like. Just evaluating the defense from where Patricia took over to where they were at the end of the game yesterday. You can't tell a difference, slight mm. improvement, pretty significant improvement, drastic improvement. You actually think the defense is worse. How would you describe two games into the Matt Patricia era, what you've seen as far as changes to the defense go? Yeah, status quo. And, and like I spoke with you guys a couple, I think it was last week, I, I firmly believe and I stand behind that I think Sean Desai was a scapegoat and I thought he got a raw deal. The defense looked exactly the same under Matt Patricia. The pass rush still is not getting home. There's still back-end coverage lapses. I mean, Reed Blankenship was the most recent example on that 69-yard touchdown to Darius Slayton. The, the personnel is the personnel, and like John has said, it's always players first before coaches. It always is. And if you don't have the personnel to run your scheme, it's going to look much the same. There's not a whole lot you could do. There's no reinforcements coming. This is what you have to work with. And to get – they didn't get necessarily picked apart by Todd Rod Taylor, but he found the openings, and there was a couple key drops. Darren Ooh. Waller. Darren and Waller. And by the way, if Reddick, if Reddick didn't get to – he didn't get to him, but if he didn't hurry, uh, Todd Rod yeah. Taylor, Darren Waller was – he was going. He yeah. was. And, that and, was a good throw. You mean the one earlier in the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and there was a, another play. There yeah. was another play. May it was either Waller or Bellinger that Eli Ricks was trailing him, and they just couldn't connect. It was an erratic pass, but he had a step, and that could have been a big play in the second half. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I don't. I don't know what changes. What tangible changes you're really going to see with this personnel or with the with the coordinator change. Uh, has Jalen Carter hit the wall? I mean, what he's not playing. He, he's not hustling off the field. He's not used to playing a lot at Georgia. Um, it's the time of year where college is almost over. Now, he played late because he was always in the college football championship. But still, um, he looks gassed. He doesn't look like the same player. Um, he certainly doesn't. And I think, I mean, that penalty that he had was inexcusable. And you don't see the the same disruptive nature. You don't see the pass rush up the middle. Uh, I even look at last week and that key moment and that final play of the game. Well, obviously the Eagles didn't know that was going to be the final play of the game where Bradbury gets beat by Jackson Smith and Jigba. On the field was Moro Ojomo and Milton Williams. You didn't have your young cats in, in Jordan Davis. You didn't have Jalen Carter. And you didn't have your veterans in Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. That to me speaks to someone, uh, younger players who may be gassed. They're not used to playing this late in the season. Certainly not excusing that, but to John's point, to sort of sort of reconcile or figure out a reason why Jalen Carter's play is sort of tailed off a little bit. I, he just seems that the whole D line, for that matter, really seems like they're pretty gassed right now. But he hasn't made that much of an impact really Except since Reddick, who's getting yelled at. And he's yeah. the one getting yelled at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reddick yeah. continues to be tremendous, and he's yeah. the but he's the only one that's been a consistent force all year. Yeah, and why he's getting yelled at, we're not exactly sure. Uh, like I said at the top, earlier in the show, you guys, I need to have it confirmed this one. Josh Wett did dress yesterday, right? He, <laughs> he, he did. Was part of the <laughs> okay. Did. Just didn't didn't know him. I just had to make sure they did dress. <clears throat> Jonathan Gannon coming home. Andrew, what does that mean? Can he rally his Cardinal troops? 
Win one for the Gipper or the Gannon. Uh, call it whatever you want. What kind of resistance you think the Cardinals are putting up this weekend against Eagles? Put it put it this way, I, I think the Cardinals, as, as close as yesterday's game was, I think the Cardinals with a better quarterback who can put unique stresses on defenses. Now I'm not saying Card, uh, Kyler Murray's all world, but they have enough there offensively to put stress on the Eagles. And Jonathan Gannon obviously knows this team very well. I think he'll be up for this game certainly, but I also think that Nick Sirianni will. Sometimes Nick Sirianni, when he's up for a game could go the other way where he's too ramped up and it, and it trickles down to his players. But I think Jonathan Gannon's going to come in here looking to play spoiler and the Eagles are going to have to have that fine attention to detail if they want to get a win. Cause I don't know that it'll be easy. Yeah. Kyler makes it a little bit uh, different. Um, certainly, you know, it's interesting if you look at the Arizona Cardinals um, and, and obviously um uh, not only Jonathan Gannon, but Nick Rollis as the defensive coordinator was here. Um, you know, I know when they played Kansas City, um, they they blitzed a heck of a lot. Um, and, and they're blitzing more than when Jonathan was here. Um, why does everyone not figure out that Nick Sirianni is the reason why the <laughs> Eagles play this scheme? I thought it was Sean Desai's fault. I thought it was him being passive. I thought it was Gannon being passive. No, they're going to apply some pressure, much like what we saw last night, John, with Wink Martindale. They're going to have to account for it. They're going to they're going to have to figure it out because Gannon, like I said, he knows the quarterback very well. He knows the offensive line very well, and I think that he's going to apply pressure and look to make a point on uh, on New Year's Eve. <laughs> All right, last uh, thing for me, Andrew. Thank you very much for coming on. I'm not a run the football guy, okay? We all have our definitions of run the football, and Philadelphia just in general has this attitude of just run it down everybody's throats, and I'm not that. But the last two weeks I have been saying they need to be a little bit more run heavy. They need to emphasize a little bit more. I've not been a big Kenny Gainwell fan. I'm not as anti-Kenny You had a good game, Kenny. Kenny had a good game. Buzz Watkins, one one offensive snap. Yeah. Right, I'm not as I'm not as anti Kenny as I am Quez, and I was uh, happy to see the uh, uh, non activity of Quez Watkins. Yesterday they pushed the buttons correctly, perfectly. As a matter of fact, DeAndre Swift is your lead back. He carries the ball more than anybody else. You get Gainwell into the game for change of pace and keep the defense a little off balance. And yesterday they did it perfectly as far as I was concerned. Who gets credit for that? Uh, Brian Johnson, Sirianni, the Jeff running Stoutland. back coach, who should get credit? Jeff Stoutland. I think I think it's a I think Stoutland, it's a combination. That's right, running game coordinator. Yeah, I think it's a combination. I think uh, Singleton also uh, he really blended together his top two running backs and found a way to to hit that one two punch. And yep. you know you also have to look into the play into it with the with the Giants and they're not they're not exactly uh they're not man beaters, uh, world beaters, as uh, on the defensive front trying to stop the run. And they also didn't have Raheem Nunez Roches, who was really their primary run defender. But I think it was just more so committing to it and leaning on that throughout the game. It wore down the Giants, and, and that's what you saw. But I really like the way that they used the two running backs. DeAndre Swift certainly not a closer. The Eagles don't necessarily have a closer. Well, he's he's – and they're inactive every week, Rashad Penny. But um, <laughs> I, I thought that DeAndre Swift shows that he still has plenty of juice left. 
uh, at Andrew DiCecco. Make sure you follow Andrew on X, Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, insidethebirds.com. Now, I see you got a nice backdrop. I know you're visiting family. So, number one, thanks for uh, sure stopping by with us. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, are you in Jersey? Did you tell me you were going I'm to in, Jersey? I am in Delaware. Delaware. Oh, yeah. So you probably don't. I was wondering if you found out where uh, Brian Dayball dumped the body when he whacked Tommy DeVito at halftime. <laughs> the Tommy DeVito shaking down a, a family-owned pizza joint for, for extra money <laughs> while, <laughs> while, while he could get the money. That, no, that was his Sopranos agent. That yes. wasn't Tommy. Tommy did it for the agreed-upon price. The DeVito camp. The DeVito camp. Shaking him down. And, they got oh, by the way, Dayball has not committed to his starter next week yeah. yet. He better. He said that he, he pulled them because they were standing. He needed a spark. He needed a spark. Was horrendous. Oh, just, it was bad, a, Jody. It, it, <laughs> it was like, why am I leaving my family to watch Tommy DeVito? Oh, it, it was, I, it de- made it was deplorable. Me, it made me uh, uh, rethink all of my career choices in my entire well, the, life. The best, part, the best part of yesterday was having uh, having a nice ham, ham dinner with uh, Johnny before the game because that Tommy DeVito performance was deplorable. They put uh, out a nice spread for you guys. That's good to hear. Yeah. I, carving station. Yeah. Well done. Eagles, not uh Cowboys like, but well done. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that it wasn't Cowboys like, cause the Cowboys came up small uh, on the day before. Andrew, thank you very spread. much for thank hopping you. out with us. We appreciate your carving out a couple of minutes on this holiday time. Uh, I took advantage. He sent me a text yesterday. So I said, well, I'm texting with him. I might as well ask him to come on the show. So I took no advantage. Problem. Thank you very much for not getting obnoxious with me. You could have because I was being obnoxious. Uh, thank you very much for jumping in with us today. We appreciate it. You know, we're getting you on again uh, once the playoffs roll around. Anytime, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Our bud. Pleasure. From InsideTheBirds.com and InsideTheBirds.com podcast. Uh, Andrew DiCecco here with us on Birds 365. All right. So they put on a holiday feast for you down there at the link yesterday, huh? Yeah, it wasn't bad. I got there kind of late because I was, you know, I had to stay, stick with the family a little bit. So I got there later than usual. And I, I didn't eat until right before the game because okay. uh, I had to do the pregame show. Plus, I ate before. So, um, but it was, it, it, it was good. I, I had to try the ham. It was good. And oh, by the way, I uh, got to give credit when credit is due um, because I don't always come down on this side. Next year, Andy absolutely made the right decision yesterday by deferring. You wanted to put Tommy DeVito and the Giants offense out there on the field. That was the right decision. You know, I bitch and whine and moan all the time about the fact that he'll just do it by rote. They don't even think. As soon as the coin lands, we defer. If it's yeah, we somebody, defer. Uh... Somebody won the coin toss and took the ball and scored. Um, and I was thinking of you. Detroit uh, won the coin toss, took the ball, scored. Bang, bang, bang. Right. Uh, and they yeah. set the tone. They won the game. Yeah, there, yeah. There are times that the decision should – I get the whole analytic thing. And more often than not, I would defer to. The fact that the Eagles just do it every single time is what annoys me. Yesterday was a time where if you won the toss, no, you definitely you should wanted have, to yes, put the right. giant offense yeah. on the field yeah. and say, we dare you. And guess what? They did. It worked. They got out to an early yeah. lead. They kind of screwed up that whole halftime thing. By but I, I got to give, by the, speaking of the lines, I got to give them a couple on a number of issues. I mean, 
I thought they made a really bad decision because Jabal Williams had a tremendous season last year and DeAndre Swift was their second back and they drafted Gibbs with the, whatever, the 12th pick and they signed David Montgomery. Man, it has worked out for them. It has worked out in a big way. Uh, You know, it didn't look good on paper. It didn't make sense on paper, but man, they got a, they got a good offense and they can run the ball. I had two parlays this weekend. Giants plus 13 and a half and the over in the game, which I thought we're both going to hit, and they did. And Lions to cover the three. It kind of, I, I might have gotten it down at two and a half, as a matter of fact, but it was three. And Jameer Gibbs, 47 and a half yards over. And, and there was no way they were holding him to 47 and a half yards. He's a good Vi- player. The Viking defense, I know you're a Flores guy. I'm a Flores guy, maybe not as big as you, but – you can run against that defense. Oh, uh, they don't. Well, they you, don't. They don't have any personnel. That's why. That's I'm what such I mean. If Flores you commit fan. yourself to the run, you can run the ball against the Viking defense. The Viking defense is going to get funky on you. They're going to give you different looks. They're going to confuse you, whatever. But if you just go hat on hat and believe that you can run the ball, and the Lions have an offensive line you can do that with, you can run against the Vikings. There, there, there isn't a ton of talent on that defense. No. And yeah, Gibbs went off and had a big game. So yeah, the whole Lion Eagle thing. We'll get more into it. We got one more show this week. We'll be on again Thursday this week. As of right now, the Eagles are the number two seed. But if the Lions beat the Cowboys next week, the Lions would jump up and above yeah. the Eagles to the number two seed. So here's the only thing you need to know, Eagle fans. And I know everybody I wants to know a little bit for more. The Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, it probably be advantageous. If the Eagles win their last two, you want the Cowboys to beat the Lions next week because then you know that guaranteed you're going to be the number two seed if you win your last game of the year. All right, Johnny Mac, I leave. I need to leave a little early today. I leave you in uh, the culpable hands of John McMullen. Xander is going to jump in, take my spot. Uh, we're off tomorrow, and then you and I are going to do a preview for the Cardinal game. Your boy, JG. You got to call into him yet? He's kind of busy, but I'll text him, see what, what's well, what. Throw him a text, see if he can get back to you before Thursday show. Uh, we got a Thursday edition of Birds 365. Everybody here on the uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel, which, oh, by the way, you can hit the like button before you get out of Dodge Day. That would be kind of nice. In the spirit of the holidays, you can show your Mac and Mac guys a little bit of love. Hit the like button, like, share, subscribe. Uh, we are taking a little downtime here. So you got us today, and you're going to get us Thursday. Uh, coming back, John McMullen. Xander's going to jump in for me for Jody Mack here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back in, everybody, to Purge 365. I'm Xander Krause, sitting in for Jody Mack to close the show. John, first off, Merry Christmas, brother. Hope you had a good Christmas. I know you're on the road. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, it was excellent, except I had to watch Tommy DeVito for yeah. 30 minutes. Boy, that, that was, was that rough. Was a struggle to that watch was a rough, uh, That was a rough exercise. I feel for the Giants fans. I know Eagles fans don't, but I feel for them. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a it was a tough game to watch on Christmas away from away from the family. But John, I want to talk to you about your view from the inside on Nick Sirianni. There's a lot of social media talk, and that's all that is is just social media talk. And people are going to do that no matter what. But I'm curious, you know, what you're seeing from the inside at practice inside the locker room last night. I know you saw a couple spats on the sideline which i think are inevitable in the game of football with you know men playing a physical sport but uh does it feel like nick is is losing some of that locker room or or is that all um uh, i guess you could say i haven't felt he's losing the locker room i did last yesterday though was a little bit and specifically the the reddick thing um you know you can handle that better. He got asked about it, said he's emotional. All right, we know you're emotional, but you're the head coach. Sometimes you got to you gotta reel that emotion in. I don't think it's fractured yet, but uh, I mentioned, I mean, I think this whole team is wound too tight because of the expectations. And that stuff, 
it doesn't, you know, bode well because it seems like at least, and we don't know because they, and Nick will get asked about it again today. He's going to have his day after press conference. And I imagine he's going to handle it much the same way, keep everything inside, but certainly seemed like um, Demonte Smith was getting involved a little bit. AJ was certainly looking over like, what are you doing? Yes, that type of thing. Um, and again, he didn't talk to the media. He said if his basic quote was, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So he didn't say anything at all. Um, I do think he's got to tone it down a little bit. Um, but, you know, Eagles fans love him for it. But they'll turn quickly, if, 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 as you see in the three losses, um, people started to bring it up and, you know, spiking the football when things are going well. And, you know, that puts a target on your back that maybe doesn't need to be there. You know, why poke the bear, so to speak? Um, and, and the instance of, you know, getting too emotional on the sideline, you're also susceptible to making more mistakes if you're emotional rather than logical. So um, that factors into it as well. But yeah, why are you yelling at Hassan Reddick and Wash, Jeremiah Washburn? I mean, yeah, and the personal foul, as I said, if you're upset about that, you're upset about the legislation. You know, it's a penalty, but you got to realize your players are going to get dinged for that. Occasionally he's trying to make a play, he's trying to make a play. Yeah. I wonder how much of the, the, this in-game decision-making goes into it last night when you were on the pond hockey post game show, when you, when you left, Seth had mentioned to the crew, he wanted to ask you a question about, you know, when they're fourth and one or third, but you know, at the goal line and they, they opt to go away from the tush push when they're converting 98%. You know, is some of that going into it when you have A.J. Brown looking at him like, you know, what are you doing, dude? I wonder how much of that compounds when you have, you know, these are talented guys. This isn't, you know, these aren't, these are Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are premier wide receivers. You know, Jalen Hurts is a premier quarterback. You know, I wonder if that plays into, you know, him potentially losing the locker room. You know, every football team is going to lose games, but if you don't have confidence in the guy that's, creating the offense you're running, you know, eventually you're going to turn for, turn away from it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think we're there yet. And hopefully we'll be able to, to figure out what was going on a little bit better in the coming week. But uh, yeah, the, well, the offensive uh, struggles are a little bit strange to me because Again, they they were coming into the game. They were top 10 in most major offensive categories, and they piled up 465 yards. Um, you talk about the tush-push touchdown. You know, the problem with a lot of teams, and you've seen it over the past number of weeks, are really focused on trying to be that first team to stop it. And you're seeing a bunch of penalties. You're seeing guys jumping. The right. Linda Dickerson has gotten caught, has been called offsides uh, a couple times. Um, they're trying to mix in some different things. Um, you saw DeAndre Swift uh, take a little bit of a outside run on one that was successful. 
So they're trying to mix in some different things to lighten up some of those looks they're getting. Um, so I don't think it's, oh, it's third and one, it's fourth and one. Every time they're going to go to the tush push, they're going to use it a lot. And I don't think Devontae or AJ have any problem with that in that situation. I mean, Jalen Hurts just set an NFL record uh, for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. Um, and most of those are tush pushes. Um, so I don't think anybody has a problem with it. AJ had 11 targets. I don't think getting the football was was part of his angst. You know, he's over 1,300 yards for the second consecutive season. He just set an NFL. Just set the Eagles record for receptions by a wide receiver in that game. Um, not a lot to complain about from that standpoint. Um, he will in games where he's not getting a ton of targets. We've seen him in the past get a little upset, but he had 11 targets. I think it's more to do with uh, what was going on on the sideline, which is, you know, again, you're the head coach. Things are... You know, the Giants are trying to make a desperation comeback, get down the field, minute and whatever, 15 seconds, no timeouts. They're going down. They get a big penalty. It helps them. Everything's like a a, a, a fire drill on the sidelines. You got to be the calm one, Nick Sirianni. Not screaming at everybody. Playing in the Sopranos. We got enough Sopranos. uh, uh old you know what with Tommy DeVito we don't need all the Italian hothead stereotypes coming into it she's got to be more focused in those situations I think yeah and on the flip side what do you make of the starting quarterback Jalen Hurts right now I mean you saw the report from Jeff McLean earlier this week he's that stoic calm guy you know, opposite of what Sirianni is with, you know, who's high on the emotional scale, you know, is there something to be said about his leadership in the locker room during times of adversity? Cause I, I mean, I think he's a great leader. I, you know, he's, he's a guy that I would want to play for. Um, but you did see that report. You did see a couple of things, you know, my uncle was here for Christmas and he's like, you know, I wish he was more rah rah. It's football. I wish. Yeah, he everybody wants. Game. Everybody so, wants the opposite. Yeah, wants and, that, right? Yeah. You know, when you I want the rah rah guy, now then you like Nick Sirianni, right? But then when you see the emotional part of it, and you know, we've joked over the years that Jalen's more mature than Nick, and it's supposed to be the opposite, right? So, what do you want? Do you want the uh, emotional hothead, or do you want the? the cool, calm, and collected guy. Well, I do think there's context there, right, where emotional and rah-rah from a quarterback is perhaps perceived differently than emotional and rah-rah from a head coach of a football team who needs to make in-game decisions, who needs to yeah. be logical and rational, you know? <laughs> well, I, I prefer to have both logical and rational, if, if possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I never heard – anybody complain about Jalen Hurts's uh, leadership style um, when they were, you know, 10 and one this year or last year. Um, only when you lose three straight. So some of that's kind of baked in. You, right. People just don't like losing very rare um, losing streak for the Eagles. Um, 
and now they've gotten I always thought it was going to be baked in. They're going they're going to beat the Giants. They're probably going to beat the Cardinals. They're going to beat the Giants again. They're going to win 13 games and everything will be fine going into the playoffs and um then it becomes, you know, what you do and wherever your lot is, whether it's first seed, second seed, third seed. Um but I did bring up that quote from Jalen you know, about the standard and the expectations that I think is wearing on him. Um, and he said it, you know, he said, it's a very manipulative thing to the mind. Sometimes I think that's very, uh, um, Jalen doesn't give you much on the podium usually. And I thought that was eye opening. Um, you know, layers to that. Yeah. And he can play the standard and lose and be sick, or he can win, not play the standard and, and you know, be a little bit happier. Um, bottom line is winning cures everything in this league. But the expectations that were placed on this team at the beginning of the season, and I've talked about it a lot, were unrealistic. And, you know, if if you do, and the Eagles don't like to look ahead, but I can, if they end up with 13 wins and you're not happy with with style points, I mean, what are we talking about? 13 wins. They had 14 last year. Um, the, in the history of this franchise, this is only the third time they've won 11 straight in two consecutive seasons. Andy did it for four. Dick Vermeil did it um, once, two consecutive seasons. That's it. Doesn't happen a lot, Xander. Well, the context of that, John, is that part of the standard that they've set now is fans and the team alike are no longer infatuated with 13 or 14 wins. They want to parade on Broad Street. Uh, you can barely, you know, squeak by the lowly New York Giants with Tommy DeVito. Well, they were going to even if, even if, Tommy even if DeVito. went out, right, and you get the two seed and you play the Rams – Matt Stafford is a competent quarterback. You know, he's more Does than that competent. Stop trouble in, in round one. Well, Matt's, Matthew Stafford can beat anybody if he if he brings his A game and the and the Rams are playing well. But I would still like the Eagles' chances at home. Uh, certainly, uh, the Rams have the Rams are playing well. Everything's recency bias. They played well right. for a couple weeks. I mean, again, the Eagles have played well for two years. Um, I think it's a much larger sample size. Just people have, you know, Rams weren't expected to make the playoffs this year. Um, and all of a sudden they're in a position to do so. So they're a great story. The Eagles are supposed to be where they are, arguably higher um, above San Francisco, and they're not. So everything is dependent on an individual's expectations. Um but if they get the 13 wins, it's better than I thought they'd be. Um, so it it depends on, you know, where. And if it's Super Bowl or bust, I mean, so many things. Tom Brady ruined a lot of people's scales. Yeah, he might have ruined mine as well. Because yeah. it ain't easy. And you can look, San Francisco looks like world beaters when everything's right. 
And then bang, Trent Williams gets hurt and they look like garbage. Um, that, you know, you get the wrong guy pulling the groin at the wrong time. Doesn't even have to be a major injury. So many stars have to align to win a Super Bowl. Uh, last year's a perfect example. The Eagles outplayed Kansas City in that game, and and they made a bunch of mistakes and lost the game. Um, the star, so many things have to go right, and it's not luck, just luck, but luck plays a part. The other stuff is far more important. You got to be a really good team, um, but you also need some luck. And the assumption that oh, you're just going to waltz back into the Super Bowl, I, I you probably heard it. Heard me say numerous times, I'm stunned that so many, and not everybody, but so many don't realize that the Eagles had a hell of an accomplishment last season by making the Super Bowl, winning an NFC championship. That is really hard to do. And people are like, eh. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I think, per, I think perhaps expectations are out of whack not only internally but from the fan base but from the outside looking in something is off with this team they're not playing great you know the leadership is off the the camaraderie is off it doesn't feel like that unit you know across the board and i think there's something to be said about that like i said i'm not inside the room i listen to all of jacob's shows every day i listen to your reports i read your articles you know but from the outside looking in, there seems to be bigger problems with the Eagles, you know, outside of the great record that they have at 11 and four. So, oh, um, yeah. I mean, they scapegoated a freaking uh, defensive coordinator yeah. who was, you know, when they were 10 and three. I can't give you another example of that. Um, you know, that's stuff you do when you're three and 10. Um, so they're reacting to those outside um, criticisms, probably too much, to be honest. I mean, you got to double down and focus and just concentrate. They, they applause, but so does everybody else. I think you saw that over the weekend and Monday on Christmas Day with Kansas City and San Francisco. Everybody has applause, everybody, including the Eagles. So what I said Darius Slay's coming back. Avante Maddox is coming back. Nick Morrow's going to get healthy. Um, Zach Cunningham's going to get healthy. They're not out for the season. That's a lot of help for the defense. If the defense can go from bottom five to middle of the road, the offense can still be a top 10 offense, top five in a lot of categories. Why not the Eagles? There you go, guys. You heard it from John McMullen. Hold out hope. The stars can still align for this team as bad as it might feel right now after squeaking by Tommy DeVito and the Giants. But, John, good show today. Thank you uh, for working hard on Christmas. I know sometimes that can be tough, especially when you're watching uh, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Tommy yeah. Tommy Cutlets. Yeah. Tommy so Cutlets got whacked, finally. He did. Um, so enjoy your day off tomorrow. Birds 365 will be back on Thursday uh, for the lone rest uh, for the sole show for the rest of the week to preview uh, JG week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe the show. Um, thank you, and I look forward to seeing you guys on Thursday. And tune in next for the Power Hour with Bill Colorado. Thanks, Johnny Mac. 
Thanks, Xander. All right. See you guys. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.